Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I want to talk through why you should ditch restrictive eating practices promoted by diets and what you can do instead. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day. My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of The Healthy Eating Hub and The Healthy Eating Clinic. And fun fact about me is that if you've listened to the show before, you will know that I share a fun fact on most episodes. And so today's fun fact is that I'm struggling to think of fun facts. And I just realized that so far this year, I've recorded over 50 episodes, 50 episodes in 2021, and it's only April. And I'm going to just be completely honest and say that it is tough. It's a tough commitment. I have been just a really emotionally low the last couple of weeks and just processing some change in my personal life and some things like that. And And I tell you what, it's been tough to bust on the headphones and pull out the mic and get an episode out. But I actually have really enjoyed the commitment because it's actually really, I don't know, it's encouraged me to just pull on this deeper part of myself to get it done. And once I'm started and in an episode, I really enjoy it. And I love the feedback you guys give me. So please don't stop doing that. Please reach out to me on social. Tell me what you're loving about the Daily Dollop, even what you're not loving, and I'll do more of what you love. But yeah, what a commitment. And so... I'm really, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel with the fun facts. So, you know, if there is anything that you would like to know about me, just hit me up on social at KF Nutrition on Instagram or Kate Frame Nutrition on Facebook. Yeah. And let me know what you'd like to know. But on today's episode, I'd really like to chat through dieting. Now I've talked about dieting a lot on the show before, and I'm not talking about or poo-pooing or demonizing people's desire to want to lose weight. You guys have heard me talk about weight loss before. I can help you lose weight. And I believe that you can lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. What I'm talking about today is ditching restrictive dieting practices that are promoted by the myriad of blogs and programs and things on the market today and that result in, you know, fun-sucking, anti-social, obsessive eating patterns that that they've become socially acceptable. Like we're allowed to just starve ourselves for days on end and we just call that fasting. You know, we're allowed to cut out major food groups. You know, we call that keto for weight loss. And yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really damaging some people. And I want to talk through that today. And the thing is, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum when we think about, you know, weight management, health, dieting, fad diets, like there's actually a lot going on. And so I want to try and piece it together in today's episode and just sort talk through just really four key things that I feel are the main reasons why you don't want 
to embark on a fad diet or a really restrictive eating pattern and why taking a more long-term habit-building approach is going to be better for you in the long run. And I've talked about this on the show before, but one of the struggles that I've had with being in business, so let's just put aside the fact that I'm a nutritionist. I'm also in business. So I am trying to make some money, right? Pay myself a salary, put food on the table. So one of the challenges with being in business is that I'm selling people what I believe they need and it's not always what they want. And so that's been a challenge. But I just want to set the scene a, a, a little bit here. A few um, months ago, I sort of did a call out on social media and I wanted to hear, you know, some stories about people and dieting and how dieting has affected them. And I'm actually looking to put together an episode for my 100th episode, which is coming up very, very soon. So I'd, I'm going to be summarizing, you know, the effect of of diets long-term. And so I want to do a share your story episode. So if you've been affected by diets, either positively or negatively, it doesn't actually matter. I'd really love to hear your story. So if you'd like to be featured on the show, you don't have to share your name or any details about yourself, but just share your 60 second story. All you have to do is head to my social media channels. So on Facebook, it's Kate from Nutrition. Instagram, it's KF Nutrition. Go to private message me, direct message me, hit the microphone button and record your 60 second story. I'll give an example of one that um, that someone told me a few months ago. And it's, I've done some pretty crazy diets over the years. It started from age seven. And I wish I could go back and tell my younger self, don't ever try to lose weight. So if you'd like to share your story, please head on over to my social pages and message me that one and I'll share that in my 100th episode where I really want to just tell the story about how fad diets affect people because I'm really passionate about changing the narrative about that. And this episode is sort of really just starting to get into that a little bit more. But, you know, that sentiment that I shared, you know, this particular individual started dieting from age seven, right? And she just wishes she could go back and tell herself that she didn't have to do that. But honestly, it's just one of hundreds of sentiments that I've heard over the years since I've become a nutritionist and, you know, started helping people lose weight. That was one of my first jobs and I've been doing it on and off ever since. And it really saddens me. And so here's some thoughts about this. So, The average Australian, according to population research, is overweight. So, you know, roughly 65% of Australian adults are either overweight or obese. And according to more research, being overweight increases a person's risk of poor health and quality of life. So that's well established in the scientific literature as well. Also, and unfortunately, we live in Western culture and in Australia, we live in what's coined an obesogenic environment. So what that means is that we're surrounded by high energy, delicious foods that are easy to overeat. And just naturally in our day-to-day lives, we achieve low levels of physical activity. So in other words, right, like to really simplify this down, the natural state of our culture and the way we live our lives means that we consume a high amount of energy, we don't move much, and this promotes long-term weight gain. Now to make matters worse, you know, so we live in this obesogenic environment, it's easy to put on weight. The natural ebb and flow of our society and culture and our day-to-day routines promotes weight gain, yet 
Our culture is rife with fat stigma and body shaming. Overweight people are often regarded as lazy, you know, having no self-control, they're ridiculed, um, they're criticised for the size and shape of their body. You know, I've even heard children speaking about other people, oh, that person's so fat, ha, 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 you know, and I just, oh, my heart just cringes inside that this comes out of the mouths of children, but they're just seeing it exhibited in adults. And so the size and shape of our body is highly criticized. And, you know, I think the body shaming is then further enhanced by the fact that we glorify in our media and on social media and in TV shows and movies and advertisements, this glorification of thin, lean, small bodies and of course, it's this same shape of bodies that's then splashed across our entire lives. Like it's the only thing we see. We're also seeing highly photoshopped, touched up images. You know, even the everyday person can now easily show filtered versions of themselves. So we're not seeing bodies in the reality when we're, when we're online and we're, we're looking at images. And so it's this horrid conflict of you know, being in a weight gain environment where it's just easy for us to put on weight. It's not because we're lazy or disgusting or horrid human beings. It's just the environment in which we live in that makes a huge difference to our behavior. But our actual belief system is that, you know, if you are overweight, then you're a horrid, lazy, disgusting person. And so I think as, as a result of all of this, both men and women feel a huge amount of pressure to look a certain way and then feel shame, disgust and guilt around their body. Now, this feeling then drives them, you know, not to sustainable long-term healthy eating patterns, but it drives them to restrictive, fun-sucking, anti-social, obsessive, disordered eating practices. Like 100% I meet people which have disordered eating practices not to be confused with an eating disorder, but absolutely disordered, that are socially acceptable. They're allowed to fast, starve themselves, cut out major food groups, you know, drink, I've heard people say, drink a cup of oil or, you know, only have water until this kind of thing and put an elastic band around your wrist and flick it every time you feel hungry, like really disordered behaviours that is just, you know, sold people making money off it under the guise of diets. I said before in a previous episode, there's this entrepreneur that's glorified for making $600,000 a month selling skinny tea. Ah, I'm ranting. I'm ranting, guys. I'm sorry. Pull it back. Pull it back. So here are a couple of thoughts around the perils of dieting and, and, and getting sucked into this pressure. So the first thing you need to know is that trying to follow restrictive eating patterns results in overeating. From cutting calories to removing whole food groups, diets work by setting rules that eliminate the opportunity for you to consume calories, thereby making you lose weight quickly. So it doesn't matter if you're fasting, shake dieting, counting calories, removing all grains, legumes, dairy, right? It's the restriction that's helping you lose weight. It's not the combination of foods. Now, the problem is, is that when you tell someone not to eat something, they often can't help but eat it or they at least think about eating it all the time only to eat it eventually. And this comment from a past dieter who shared her story with me sums it up really nicely. I think the issue with diets is that by and large, they're not sustainable. We cut calories and we cut out food groups 
that we then crave. And we can stay on the wagon for a short while, but ultimately we fall off and binge on everything we weren't allowed to eat on the diet. And once you've got the taste of all that food, it's hard to go back to a strict diet and all the weight goes back on again. Just such a beautiful summary of the experience. The second thought is that restrictive diets lead to heightened appetite for up to 12 months after the diet is over. Now, this is a scientifically proven fact. There is nothing quite like the insatiable hunger at the end of a few weeks of strict dieting. And even, you know, if you weren't dieting, but you were under eating because of stress or, you know, being unorganized or whatever, it's often followed by a period of heightened appetite. Constantly denying yourself, ignoring hunger cues, combined with fatigue, stressful situations, and you have a recipe for overeating disaster. My best post-diet binge resulted in seven pieces of toast with butter and honey being consumed in under 10 minutes, right? When I was really young, I was about 20, 21, did a a really stupid diet and yeah, that's it. Um, Crazy. and, And suffice to say, that was just like one instance, but I ended up overeating with an appetite that raged for months after six weeks on a 1200 calorie diet as a 21 year old. And I ended the whole process heavier and more messed up in my food habits than I was at the beginning. Now, research actually shows that after a sustained period of calorie restriction, the body's appetite is increased, leading to increased calorie consumption. And of course, the weight goes straight back on. Listening to your body, combining with choosing minimally processed food choices can actually help you avoid this whole scenario and and getting good support and good advice tailored to your individual situation is really important. The other challenge I see is that diets often lead to obsessive behaviors and aren't flexible to your needs. And so when I dieted many years ago and counting calories, tracking exercise, I actually wasn't doing it in a healthy, sustainable way. In fact, I got so obsessed that if I forgot to wear my heart rate monitor for my exercise session, I'd actually do that whole session again just to be sure that I burnt the 500 calories. Like crazy, even though I knew I did it because I couldn't measure it, I thought I need to do this all again. And if I didn't know the calorie content of something, I wouldn't eat it. Um, Or if I did eat it, I'd throw in an extra exercise session just to make sure it was covered and, and burnt. I say that in inverted commas. And I was not in a happy place at all. And now as a nutritionist who has helped lots of people lose weight, I know as well as any person that you need to create a consistent energy deficit so that your body burns body fat. However, there are more sustainable, realistic and less obsessive ways to achieve this. They are slower. They often result in slower weight loss, but they're gentler, they're kinder and they're they're able to be stuck to and they don't end up leaving you messed up at the end. Lastly, my last and final point is that diets promote food shaming and scaremongering. This is a comment I received from a member of a self-love Facebook group about being a nutritionist who helps people build long-term habits and healthy relationships with food rather than, you know, helping people shred fat fast. I imagine it's tough to teach people about health supportive foods in a way that doesn't demonize some foods or label foods and food consumption behaviors as good as bad or bad. Mate, you better believe it. It's super hard. It's super hard to teach healthy eating without demonizing foods. 
Um, and people almost expect me to be judgmental about foods. You know, if I go over to a friend's house to eat and they serve something that is considered unhealthy, they apologize to me, you know, and I'm constantly saying, seriously, I don't care what we're eating. I'm just loving being at your house and in your company, you know, and in terms of my own personal nutrition, I feel complete confidence that I feed myself well so that I don't have to worry about what other people feed me. And I'm confident in my ability to stop when I'm full and listen to my body and things like that. And, you know, I make food choices based on nourishment, foods I like to eat, foods that make me feel good, as well as other practical things like ease and convenience and my family, right? This is what I'm passionate about teaching people. This is why I want you to ditch dieting. I hope I've inspired you today, team. Thank you for enduring my rant. I'll catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.